and welcome to yet another recording of the Maritime Law Podcast. My name is Sharon and I will be joined by our very own Professor Portia Ndrovu as we will be discussing the next level multimodal transportation. Now, if you have been keeping up with what's been happening in the shipping industry, you definitely do know what we will be talking about today. And yes, you guessed it right. We will be talking about one of the biggest shipping companies in the world that has decided to expand its business by launching what they refer to as the Air Cargo, which will be the company's main air freight. So now the professor will be helping us understand what is multimodal transportation and she will also discuss the air freight industry and how it works as well as look into whether many other companies will follow suit and do what this big company has done so now stay tuned and let's learn together Greetings, Professor. How are you? Greetings, greetings, Sharon. I am very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining again, um, yet on another episode. Um, so today we're going to be talking about something that's very interesting, and obviously there's a recent case to it. So I just wanted us to speak about the next level multimodal transportation. Um, so before we can actually get into the recent events that has happened, do you mind just sharing with us, um, what do we mean by multimodal transportation? Absolutely, Sharon. So, um, speaking of recent events, uh, before I, I talk uh, about what we have planned today, I just wanted to say that we are continuing to pray for the conflicts between Russia and the Ukraine, and we hope that people are going to have peace. I noticed that we have both Russian and Ukrainian uh, listeners on this podcast, and you guys are totally not forgotten. Right. So, and I know that Sharon feels the same way because we often think about these things. Okay, so multimodal transportation means that this is where a carrier um, has one contract that covers the entire transportation journey, Um, especially with the modern day supply chain. Most of the transportation that happens now happens from door to door. And that's why there was a development of the Rotterdam rules to acknowledge the fact that we no longer just nowadays for the most part it still does happen but for the most part our supply chains are so well run that a carrier can actually do your entire carriage for international trade from door to door clear customs do it all for you all covered under one transportation contract even though the goods may be moved from different modes of transportation but it's one contract this is the opposite to intermodal transportation which requires a separate contract for each individual leg of the journey so it just depends on what customers what works best for customers 
Okay, now that sounds quite interesting. Actually, when you're just um, talking about this multimodal transportation, um, I'm very much aware that within the shipping, um, we have different um, participants, you know, and yeah. just just to add on to what you were saying, that uh, maybe just to give a little bit of context to our listeners is that mm-hmm. we have you know the shipping companies those are the people that owns this the ships the vessels um mm-hmm. and those are you know the, the ships that we see carrying containers and transporting them um, across the globe mm-hmm. then we have the very important um you know other participants in 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 the middle of the supply chains called the freight and forwarding companies mm-hmm. um yes. people that normally have you know that also run services like that are also known to be the NVOCCs. So those will be your non-vessel operating. So Mm -hmm. what they basically do is they bridge the gap between the carrier, which is um, say for an example, one of the biggest shipping line would be MST. So they bridge the gap the MSC and the shipper, the person who wants their goods to be transported from South Africa to the USA. So mm-hmm. they will handle all the, the, the you know, the, the admin in between getting your goods into a container ship and getting the container to be transported by a ship. So my understanding, as you just explained, is that a multimodal transport agreement will basically incorporate all of this in one agreement um from your door as a shipper to the door of the selected consignee in in the usa the whole process will be regulated by a single document exactly exactly this thing a singular transportation uh contract that is absolutely correct Okay. So now, um, you know, I just realized that we have big participants. So you'll have like a top 10 people in the shipping industry. Um, I mean, the ship shipping line companies, you'll have your top 10 in the freight forwarding space and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. what I've realized is that, uh, particularly with the case that happened today, is that mm-hmm. most of the shipping companies are also tapping into the services that are rendered by f- freight and forwarding companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I would I would believe this is for expansion purposes and also to service the needs of the customers. Um, and with that being said, you know, I just wanted us to talk about the Musk um, announcement that they made today that they are incorporating Efreight into um, their business. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about that from from your professional experience and uh, perspective? Uh, how do you think this is going to play out, particularly since Maersk is such a big role, key player in, in the industry? Yes, it's actually very interesting. I'm actually looking at a picture of their blue and white traditional AP Mala Maersk colors. Uh, and the, the plane is written, <clears throat> excuse me, Maersk Air Cargo. And this, according to their website, is a response, like you said, Sharon, that they are trying so hard to serve their customers and meet the needs. 
uh, it's a response to the uh, call by customers uh, who have more of integrated logistics. So there's logistics involve also various modes of transportation for different items that they need for their supply chain. And some of the cargoes that they will need cannot be carried on a ship for months at a time uh, and, 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 and thus slow down the supply chain. So they are saying, we'll add air cargo into that mix so that both the transportation of all kinds of elements um, that they will need for their supply chain can be moved faster with the air cargo. Um, air cargo planes has has been a common practice and it, I believe that according to history when I looked up what I uh, wanted to know more about uh, Musk's air cargo plane is that they did try this about 40 years ago uh, but probably they may have thought that who knows it might have been not meeting the economies of scale at the time but in the modern time this really makes sense because we live in a very fast-paced world we have all the means to be able to sustain this kind of industry we've got uh, all kinds of terminals uh, to be able to fuel or support this kind of business and AP Mollenrisk has been uh, topping the charts as as a, as a liner carrier for and, and a shipping name, a giant in the industry for years. So they definitely would have all the data, all the research and all the means to be able to pull this off successfully for their clients. And you know what? A happy client is going to be a returning client. So that's what we are seeing. At the same time, we also acknowledge that, uh, as I said, you know, air cargo has been a thing um, and it will always be a, a very important part of basically uh, meeting supply uh, across the world, uh, whether it is wartime or whether it is uh, a need to move certain cargoes that need to be moved spe speedily. For example, uh, green beans from Kenya need to get to Europe in a very short time. You don't, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be putting them, uh, trying to fill a whole reefer container of green beans that are going to need to be consumed ASAP. Raspberries, we see, you know, commodities like the, um, yeah, uh, food and staples like that, and other uh, elements such as, you know, cobalt and europium, other elements that are needed for producing different types of products. They may need to get to the factories or the plants or wherever they're being processed faster. So you do not want to be waiting um, to fill a ship or fill a container when you can just take it by air. So that's going to be very, very interesting to see. Uh, interesting. Um, so you said something and it just uh, sparked, you know, um, sparked my interest. You said that um, so there are certain commodities that would not necessarily need to wait for a vessel to be fully loaded before they can be transported. And you aligned that with the, the benefit of having air freight because it's much more quicker to transport um, certain commodities. I'm not particularly familiar with the practice of air freight and how, you know, the operations side of it, but just out of interest, perhaps you might know, um, 
do you think the similar processes apply when you have to transport commodities using a flight um, in terms of having to wait for enough you know cargo before you can fly from one state to the other um okay so we are used to for example having the the common method of carrying cargo where for example containers are not full it's known as less than container load it's a known thing that um, Mm -hmm. sometimes you just cannot fill a container but air freight bridges the gap of being able to carry lighter weight uh, items at a higher speed. It is more expensive. However, you can justify the cost and the benefit and therefore get the economies of scale of flying those items if you have uh, sufficient uh, uh, supply chain demand to justify paying for for the flight, and so yes, so it does in fact work work that way. Um, for example, um, green beans from Kenya. Let's take those for example. Um, for the women who are working to collect the green beans once they are ready for for harvest and they're able to store them in the in the hot uh climate they can only store them for a little while before they go bad and they and they also harvest them often enough so if you're going to fly that commodity often because your your end customer your end user your customer can afford for their green beans to come from Kenya on a regular basis by uh, by by cargo plane, then that is what will happen. And bearing in mind that um, it's not just going to be an entire plane of green beans, it's going to take advantage of sometimes pre-existing flights that will be able to then carry unit load devices. That's the container for for planes. It's called a, a, a unit load device, yeah, ULD. So it will have a unit load device that uh, or devices that can actually fit into the plane and be taken to yes. their destination. And because we have such excellent software now to be able to track our items that we are sending abroad and we're able to see that our contract is successfully performed and we know where our end user is because we're delivering door to door that is what we're going to probably be seeing more and more of we are moving faster we're working faster and we are already having um, in some ports a lot of congestion so going this route is also going to help those customers who want to bypass all of that and actually because sometimes it's worth what you pay for to get what you need at just the right time in your supply chain so that you can make sure that production goes according to what is needed at your plant to fulfill your customer demands. Ah, that's that's perfect. Um, thank you so much for that. It makes absolute sense. Um, and also it makes absolute sense why a customer would prefer, you know, um, contracting with a company that specializes or does offer multimodal services. However, from a competition law perspective, um, I was just thinking about it, that do you not think that shipping companies that are already 
populating the market when they tap into you know um these other spaces that other participants of the of the shipping um, supply chain are in do you not think that there's some form of competition um that needs to be regulated of some sort are they not overly populating the market i just forgot the legal terminology for that um yeah you know you don't want them to basically come become a monopoly is that what you wanted to say Yes. Or breach some type of antitrust law. Well, uh, absolutely, Sharon, you're right. Um, you are going to be concerned about who's the new entrant into what space. But um, in terms of if air transportation competing with shipping, uh, those two types of methodologies of carriage, really, there's a need for both. So there'll always be room to develop. Uh competition and monopolization in the shipping space alone is always being watched by the different commissions around the world whether it is the federal maritime commission or the competition commission of south africa or the european uh, commissions that are concerned about for example alliances that ship owners um, do with one another in order to to basically take over the market those are always being watched and 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 what we need to do uh, as as humanity to make sure that that competition is fair is to constantly watch data turn to the tools that the industry provides for us we have to just keep on watching the world container indices the bunker prices the world's global throughputs uh, we have to consistently watch the capacity uh, that's out there what new ships are being delivered or which ships are not working that i lay up as as we watch the data we can start to see and make decisions as individual companies whether there is space for us to enter bearing in mind that who enters the the shipping industry is less regulated um and so there's more room for people to make the mistakes maybe of entering at the wrong time or buying ships at the wrong time or selling ships at the wrong time that will always happen but it's going to be your pocket on the line uh, but in terms of like taking over um, as a, a monopoly, that's also really carefully being watched at a high level by the whole world. Uh, at the same time, there's room for everyone. There are certain ports that just need a very small ship to get through. So there'll always be room for that type of ship in that particular route. So it's just about choosing the right business fit for your shipping company. Cut your cloth according to size and you should be okay. In the air freight freight space, it will always be, I'll call it uh, the the next level because there's lots of regulation within the um, aviation industry. There's lots of uh, treaties that, that, big treaties and and regulations that have to be respected. Um, But the the, the expense of flying items is really going to be um, dependent on whether the company, individual company, can meet the economies of scale and be able to justify that business. Um, and as long as they've uh, respected the common rules and they've respected the common treaty rules, they, 
there's there should be lots of of space there i mean amazon wants to do the same thing they even want to go into the shipping uh, uh world um so anyone can come in at any time and it's good that the transportation industry is more flexible especially when it comes mm-hmm. to international trade so yeah there's room for development there but you just want to make sure that you come in at the right time so that you can make the money and also not be too aggressive in taking risk because you also don't want to lose too much money and then give up and not have the staying power of the big companies that uh the the AP Malamers of the world have ah that's that's that sounds um that makes so much sense um also i've read because i also read their website mask website and they they yes. said something about um you know this expansion having a very good uh impact in creating several jobs in in the region of of denmark because i i read that they had an agreement with uh the denmark's largest airport berlin yes so i think you know also looking at it from a a positive um perspective that it's not just enlarging the businesses uh you know um participation in the industry but it's also creating a positive impact into the community by creating more jobs so for that and i hope that um it's going to be a successful expansion to their business um with that being said is there something else that perhaps maybe you just want to you know your last words of wisdom pearls of wisdom that you want to share with us particularly in cons- um concerning the topic that we're talking about today well i believe that the uh, supply chain network travels so far and wide that it will eventually reach you and me somewhere so if we can get uh, medical supplies faster if we can get uh, test results for different diseases out there faster if we can get food whatever supplies faster and meets the needs of the world especially in these desperate times with wars happening with all kinds of needs that we have then go for it you know go musk we we are all for that especially for what you've just said uh, Sharon is that we are celebrating people turning business into something positive that can help people absolutely um before i let you go do you think other shipping companies will follow suit it will all depend on their pockets the big, <laughs> the big guys they can do this anytime or they'll just stick to what they already have which is a, a pre pre-arranged agreements with existing flights uh where they can then send their uh normal cargo air cargo like they've always been doing um so that will continue there's a space for that it's it's affordable it's smaller packages and planes are already going into those areas on a frequent basis uh US to uh China to US Eurasia those those are existing um uh uh for uh plane uh airplane routes anyway so they'll probably continue with that instead of opening a whole new branch of mm-hmm. business in a very uncertain time um actually now i know that i said before i let you go but you just touched on something very interesting now i'm just wondering 
why the need to branch into a whole new business when there's this setup that clearly is working out um is that do you think there's a commercial reason behind incorporating a whole new you know entity or rather business that merges together with the already existing company to provide these services Oh certainly you definitely want the economies of scale that you can get from the size of business from the space that you're getting so having a plane dedicated to just that will justify that economies of scale whereas if you stick to like a small section of the plane uh, that's already going somewhere that's that's okay but hey you AP Mollamersk your clients really want their stuff and they want it in the right size box it's going to work for you might not mm. work for someone else okay well that that makes sense that makes commercial sense absolutely um, Well, Professor, thank you so much. This was such an informative uh, session, particularly because I'm not familiar with aviation and, you know, air freight and all of that. Um, it made so much sense to me to see how a shipping company can venture into, you know, this type of business as well. Um, and I hope that some of our listeners as well, they manage to learn a thing or two about this whole thing. Um so thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I look forward to speaking to you again. What a pleasure Sharon. Have a wonderful rest of the night uh, on your side. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye. Bye.